Hey there, podcast listeners. Exciting news. My new audiobook, The Short Book Formula, a financial professional's guide to writing a book in six weeks to attract ideal clients, is out now. And the best part, for a limited time, we're offering this audiobook to you for free. Hurry over to www.theshortbookformula.com and claim your copy now. And now, on to our show. Everyone, this is Paul McManus, the host of the Million Dollar Producer Show, and I am here today with a very special guest, Liz Brixen. Liz is the Director of Education and Partnerships at a company called Incorsa, which we'll get a lot more into during the course of this interview. Welcome, Liz. Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. And I got to know Liz personally um, about a month ago, or about two months ago, maybe, and I was working with a business partner of mine, Alex Sonkin, who is the founder of um, a company called the Due Diligence Project and the VFO Hub. Um, and I think the two of you have had a longstanding relationship. Yes, yes. What, we were doing, what Alex and I were doing is we were putting together um, a summit for CPAs. Um, and so our goal was to attract as many qualified CPAs as possible to our one-day summit that we held roughly a month ago, um, you know, and, and Alex and the due diligence project, you know, have a lot of members, you know, you know, decent sized email list, um, a lot of activity on LinkedIn. And we've done it before by ourselves, meaning that we hosted ourselves and we did it on Zoom. But um, Alex's idea was to go ahead and partner with you on this. Um, and, you know, I could say that that was, and we'll probably get into why, but that was one of the best decisions that he made, that we made. And I just want to really showcase the value that you bring, um, especially to, I would say, anybody that wants to get successfully in front of CPAs. Um, you know, and so my audience is primarily financial planners, financial advisors, some CPAs, but I know that they're always looking for strategies to successfully position themselves as a go-to source for CPAs, and that's the conversation we're going to have today. So before we get into the meat and the details of that, tell me a little bit more. So, so who is Liz Brixen? Um, you know, you know, what led you to becoming to, 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 to starting this company, I believe, with your husband and some partners? Um, who, who are you? <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. And yeah, so my name is Liz Brixen, and I am Director of Education and Partnerships for Incorsa. Um, we had such a successful summit with the Due Diligence Project last month. It was so much fun, and we had a chance to do something a little different, didn't we, Paul, where we had four events, five hours, went back to back, and touched probably over 500 accountants who sat in on those different sessions throughout the day. Um, it was fun. It was so fun. And I was excited to stretch my legs at the end because it was action-packed and we were just like locked in, in and focused. So that was a great way to get to know you. And I really, really enjoyed working with you together as we were doing the marketing and promotions and the planning for that event. So to answer your question, um, kind of like going back, um, how how did I get here and um, what what is in Corsa? And um, I guess I'll start kind of at the beginning. So um, my husband and I met at PricewaterhouseCoopers. We were um, both audit associates um, with, in a mid-sized market here in Michigan. And as he and I were getting to know each other, we would have dinner occasionally, and that got a little more frequent. And 
we would talk about, you know, what did we want to be when we grow up? And one of the things that we would kind of always come back to is we both had this like entrepreneurial itch and this entrepreneurial bug, as a lot of people call it. And so we both had great careers, um, short, relatively short tenure at um, public accounting, but just wonderful experience in public accounting. And then we both went into corporate finance. And that's a pretty popular career path for um you know, young professionals who start out in public accounting. And we did corporate finance each for Fortune 500 companies um, here in Michigan. And we had great experiences. We worked with great teams. And um, for Matt, he's Matt is my husband's name. He's very much a problem solver. And one of the problems that he identified is CPAs um, were having kind of this like tipping point where they were like being very successful, they earn their CPA license, they go into corporate finance, and depending upon the budgets that corporate finance had, their corporate finance teams, they were kind of struggling to determine if they were going to keep their license active because they were having difficulty finding educational programs that they could afford to help them maintain their license and get those 40 hours per year, which is pretty much what most all states require. So that was a problem that he identified. He wanted to solve that. He wanted to solve that through having um, free and affordable continuing education online. So um, that's when he founded Incorsa. He brought in um, a couple other um, individuals who had a similar vision. And um, three of those individuals were technology partners that have been with us um, pretty much since the beginning. So, so that's how Incorsa started. It started to solve the problem so that professionals, whether they were in smaller accounting firms or corporate finance positions would have access to, you know, the best education out there um, in a way that they could afford it, whether, you know, that means you're at your computer, you don't have your travel budget, you can just sit in and listen to the best thought leaders out there without having to go anywhere or access really, really expensive programs. So that was how Incorsa came to be. That was in 2014. I came along um, and joined in 2017. And you know, my experience, I was very fortunate. I had great experiences with my continuing education and the budgets that were made available to me. So I'm very passionate about continuing education. And I almost came at it from a different angle than Matt. Matt came at it from a like, let's solve this problem so that professionals can keep their licenses active. And I came at it saying, wow, when someone is given the resources to access great continuing education, it can be a career changer. So for me personally, um, I was able in my position to pursue um, training in the valuation space. Mm-hmm. And that gave me so much flexibility in my career because I was able to go from corporate finance um, and do consulting with a business valuation firm. And that, like keeping my CPA license active and then pursuing additional training gave me so much flexibility in my career. So that's one of the reasons I'm very passionate about continuing education is you know, not only does it help us do better for our teams and for our organizations, for our bosses, our stakeholders, our peers, but as individuals, and I think that's really important in the economy that we have today, is being as agile and nimble as it's flexible in our skill set as possible. And for financial professionals, for CPAs, a big part of that is keeping our licenses active. So, so my, our story really is, you know, Starting out with this entrepreneurial dream, we didn't know what that would look like then, but now through Encorsa, we're able to connect with professionals who are serving accountants. And also, you know, last Thursday, I hosted three webinars and we had over a thousand accountants across those three webinars. And like that 
gets me so excited. I love, I love that we're able to serve accountants in that way. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, there's many cool things that you said there. Um, one of the things that I think um, our audience would be very interested in, and the prop, you know, you mentioned that it was started by solving a problem. And so, I mean, there's a problem for CPAs and, or for CPAs. Um, the problem I see um, for the financial advisor, not the CPA per se, but for the financial advisor and financial planners, is that, you know, it makes a lot of sense for a financial advisor to build CPA relationships. And it makes sense because oftentimes the CPA has any number of clients. Um, you know, oftentimes they're, you know, I don't know, busy, um, you know, doing their core function and don't always necessarily have the time or space to do proactive advice. And I think this might be changing for certain CPA firms, but from the financial advisor standpoint, you know, what they do is they, you know, I mean, that's their whole thing is, you know, proactive solutions to financial problems. And rightly so, they've identified CPAs and accountants as people that can, that they can partner with and get referrals and grow their practice. On the flip side of that, my, my sense and understanding is that on the CPA accountant side, I think that they're being constantly, I'll use the word bombarded by financial advisors and financial planners telling them that they can help them. But, you know, the biggest challenge is trust, right? It's like, you know, if you have dozens and dozens of people saying, hey, I can help you, you know, a CPA is not going to want to refer out their very best clients to someone who they don't necessarily know, don't necessarily trust. Um, and so there's just this whole breakdown of what could be a beautiful partnership. Mm -hmm. um, and so the question to me becomes, how can a financial advisor successfully build relationships with CPAs that are based off of trust so that then the CPA wants to um, you know, make those referrals because it helps them solve a problem. You know, it helps Absolutely. them look to the extent that they have confidence that the person that they're referring to really is legitimate and will help them. So how does Encorsa potentially help solve that problem that the financial advisor has, which is that they want to build trust, they want to build CPA relationships, but they have to do so in a way that is credible and that the CPA buys into? Yeah, that is a great question. And I think that's a question that all, you know, all marketers, all practice developers, all business leaders are trying to solve is how you build that trust. And when I have conversations with companies and individuals who are looking to get to know accountants and let accountants get to know them, uh, I always encourage the long-term focus, whether it's um, an email strategy or a LinkedIn strategy or a content marketing webinar strategy, it comes down to consistency, clarity of message and purpose, and just having that long-term mentality. And it really, I think it, it's a very much a snowball effect where you have to be, put yourself out there. You have to put yourself out there consistently and authentically and know like who, what is your message and who do you expect your message to attract and who do you want to attract to your message and just be very, very consistent. And there's, there's some individuals out there who are doing a great job at that. Um, and it just definitely, I think the key element is just the long-term focus inconsistency. Yeah. You know, I, I would add to that, 
um, so I totally agree with what you said. I'd also add to it that, you know, when I was working with you about a month or two ago, and we were planning on putting together the Due Diligence Project Summit, um, you know, we put it together as a one-day summit. And what that meant is that we had four educational uh, courses that we did with you. That's um, right. Course of a day. And then you, you uh, brought up earlier in the conversation that we wanted to make it as event um, you know, as much of an event as possible, even though we're all on, you know, Zoom or on other online tools and we're all working remotely from our, you know, our, 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 our home offices typically, especially now in the age of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so we, had, we actually had a pre-summit. So, you know, we invited everybody to attend. We had a cocktail reception the night before. At the end of the four things, we had an optional, essentially, sales conversation so people could choose to join the due diligence project. And we had overwhelming response from a, a number of, sorry, from a couple of different angles. The first was that, um, you know, we we promoted it to internally to you know our email list and to um, you know people that were associated with it on LinkedIn. And I believe that the numbers broke down to get about 250, um, you know, firms sign up, CPA firms sign up. Um, we then had or asked you if you would promote it as well to your community even course and. I think you have a pretty significant list there. We and do. It doubled, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, we do, and it's growing. And, and, and it and you know, and instantly it doubled to 500. So we were absolutely thrilled, or actually over 500. We were absolutely thrilled with the results. We got all the, you know. So not only did they attend, and it was like at, you know, the the other thing I have to add is that you do a webinar, and you're lucky if you get like 20 percent to sign up, and who knows if they're actually paying attention. Um, I think on average, we had like 60 to 70% show up rate. So for everyone that, that signed up, we had 60 to 70% show up. And because there were CPE credits involved, they, had, they actually had to pay attention <laughs> the whole time to it. And that's, you know, from a marketer's perspective, that's like the dream. You know, you get people to sign up, to show up, to pay attention. Because if you have a good offer at the end of it, people are going to sign up. And we had an extremely positive result at the very end where people immediately signed up to join the due diligence project, but from many different aspects, from you helping us to promote it, to you helping to add that level of credibility because of the CP credits and the in the warm context that you've already cultivated over years. I mean, it all worked out beautifully. I mean, it was so great just to see the process work and how well our processes worked together. That was, you know, so, so rewarding and so gratifying just to hear how thrilled you were with the success. And we were thrilled to see, um, just see the response, right? And I think that's where working together with a company who says, hey, we have an audience who is interested in what we have to say, but we'd like to grow that audience. And we have content that fits someone who's new and being newly introduced to us but it also fits the people who have known us for a while. And maybe those, those contacts, those prospects, like they're probably further, much further along in the buying decision than someone who's brand new. And they're probably at the, you know, they're probably closer to that decision point and they probably just need to hear something or hear a couple things that help them make that decision. And that's like, you know, a great thing about whether it's a podcast or a webinar or, you know, a, a marketing just a, a marketing piece, or maybe it's a one-on-one meeting to just answer those questions and help someone feel confident in decision. But what's great about a live webinar and a program, a summit, like what we worked on together is we could access both groups of people. 
So when we met and we put that whole program together, because that was a big investment. It was a big investment of time and materials to put all that together. We put that program together, but we were able to double the, and just the amplification of the message. So now when we do this again, we have, um, you know, people who have made decisions. So that's people who can tell the story about why they made a decision and what the difference it's made for them. We have now a really good number of people, right? A couple hundred at least who are brand new to this whole concept of, in this case, the due diligence project who will join us with familiarity and we'll get new people the next time we do it. And I think that's just a continual effort of telling the story, being consistent and growing the audience each time. Each time we do it, we're going to grow the audience more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you know, just, if you think about, you know, for any person doing marketing, and I and I love marketing. I do marketing. I primarily do it on LinkedIn, but you know, the the breakdown always, you know, the you know what, you know, I always analyze what works and what doesn't work. And the breakdown tends to happen with, especially when people target CPAs, is how do you establish trust, right? right. How do you establish Absolutely. trust? And um, you know, what you provide as a tool, I think, you know, second to none. I think that that's second to none to be able to establish trust. So that um, the right people, the CPAs, you know, they see you as a thought leader. They, you know, are willing to give you that chance, and you have essentially third-party, you know, endorsement, if you will, because it's it's you know it's showing up on a recognized platform that provides CP credits. People pay attention and all those good things. Um, in in terms of financial advisors, anything that maybe I haven't asked you that 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 might you know that that you can think of that they should consider or evaluate when it comes to. Um, potentially working with you um, in terms of um, coming onto your platform and building those relationships with CPAs? Yeah, that's a great question. So I want to make sure I touch on that, like in terms of specific to financial advisors. I also want to circle back and you talked about the CPE credit and just emphasize for accountants, because accountants are very busy, having a program that allows a CPA to earn their continuing education credit is a really, really value added way to reach and connect and have those conversations with accountants. So that I think, you know, and just thinking about, you know, specifically in the, in the, the land of content marketing webinars, um, some of the numbers and statistics that have been shared with me is that in a you know regular webinar, cause anyone right can get, a, can get zoom. They yeah. can offer their own webinar. With accountants, I think that rate is like 20 to 30% of accountants might attend. And that's of the number that register. If you have a CPE, so continuing education webinar program, I think this is what you were getting into earlier, Paul, and you are able to offer those accountants credit. We see 65 to 70% of the CPAs who sign up attend. And so that, you know, it's something I think it's important for financial advisors to know if they're considering content marketing education programs um, and any other um, organization, individual who's looking at offering education to accountants, there's a really big difference. And if you think about like the overall investment, investing in content is a big investment. So it makes the most sense to magnify and amplify the number of people that can hear, because if you're going to put, you know, I recently spoke with a presenter who put about a week into a presentation. Now, hopefully you have a chance to present that numerous times, but hopefully each time you present it, the audience is as big as it's possible. And so I think that's, you know, a really important element to consider um, in building relationships with CPAs through thought leadership. 
Yeah, but definitely, you know, and, and just, you know, kudos to you guys. Cause I mean, we, we had, I mean, once again, we, we were absolutely thrilled with the result, it, you know, because because I was planning this on behalf of the due diligence project, and I, if I if I recall correctly, initially we're like, okay, we want to get two hundred and fifty people um, to to sign up to 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 register. Yeah. Uh, and with the partnership with you, we had I want to say five hundred and sixty people <laughs> register. So we more we more than double our our actual goal, right? Yes. More than yes. double our goal. Um, you know, originally, and this, I'm just going to restate this because it's so important, you know, we were, um, in addition to our existing list, we were considering spending thousands of dollars on, you know, advertising, whether it's through LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, and we ended up spending virtually nothing because we saw the effectiveness of partnering with you. Um, and so the cost of it was, you know, just from a, you know, ad spend, you know, you, know, you saved us the whole ad spend that more than paid for the course. But the end result is that we had a set number of new members that we wanted to immediately enroll into the due diligence project, and we exceeded that. So, you know, so, so check, awesome. check, check, check. Now, I'd like to say that as a marketer, this happens all the time. It doesn't. And so when you find this, these, you know, magic formulas and these, you know, magic elements, and I think the CP credits um, was a very important part to that, you know, then you just want to repeat the process as much as yeah. possible. We're already planning on doing our next event with you. I believe it's in July. Yeah, end of the month. We already have, you know, we already have the formula down. So, you know, we, you know, we're already anticipating great success. And so now the question is more: Okay, how do we onboard all these people? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You've ca- you're causing us problems. You know, it's like we weren't expecting all these new people. You gave us these new people, so we have new problems to deal with. Those are the problems that we love, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I think something that's there to unpack too, Paul is the offer and that's something that you worked really hard to craft yeah. because you know you think about like we talked about like the fi- the funnel like the top of the funnel the middle of the funnel and read the reach right like the reach is there with CPE webinars the success really comes with that offer and positioning the right offer and so i might even just throw that question back to you and just like ask you to share, you know, as you were thinking about working with us and what that offer was at the end of your program, um, how did you put that together? Because that's really, that's at the end of the day, that's what helps someone just say like, yes, I'm in is like that appropriately crafted offer. No, hundred percent. And that, thank you for recognizing that because we put a lot of thought into that, you know, so, you know, it's how do you quote unquote monetize all of this? And how do you ideally do so immediately? And that's really the whole idea, you know, in the online world, there's the notion of a, a summit, which is, you know, you invite people to a very, and a summit essentially is, it's not just one webinar, but it's multiple webinars, you know, packed together, say on one day or potentially multiple days, but it's event-based, meaning that it's not available anytime. It's only during this one, two, three days. And so what happens is that if you craft the messaging right, large numbers of people want to show up and they do show up and they pay attention because it's only on these certain dates. So then the question becomes, okay, you have all these people that are registering, you know, participating, you know, how do you do, have you, how do you have your short-term strategy, which is the instant monetization and how do you have your longer-term strategy, which is, you know, um, which is to build, you know, more revenue streams over time. Um, and so our instant approach is, was to um, craft a new membership level 
to join the due diligence project at a price point that we thought was very attractive um, to everybody that essentially if they like had any um, interest that they would sign up for, which is what we successfully did. Um, you know, so, but what that allowed for is just the instant monetization of the whole thing. And so we, you know, we left the event, you know, with a lot more money in our pocket. And that was just like, you know, step one of the revenue streams, because now there's a lot more opportunities to further monetize this. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a short term, it's, you know, it's, but as a marketer, you have to think these things through, right? Right, absolutely. And, and so the more you think them through, the more ability you have to pay for your cost of marketing immediately so that it's not out of pocket. And then you have the ability to do all those other great things that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. There's that. And I saw that and saw how that worked so well. You didn't start with the, Hey, I want to be everything to you tomorrow. It was, here's this very specific, easy to describe, easy to invest in way to engage. And let's get started there. Exactly. And I think for every business, there is an opportunity to form essentially productizing a service. And, and what's interesting now is that, you know, part of the offer was to have a, you know, was to have a call with Alex and a call with me. Yes. And I've had a number of these calls now with new members. And a big part for me is just, you know, I want to listen and find out. I, I'm essentially treating them as insights interviews so I can understand their mindset, what, what, why they joined, right. what next. And it's, it's so gratifying because, you know, everybody wants the next thing now. They've come into, you know, our, we'll call it the basic level. Yeah. And they're like, what's next? What's next? What's next? But if we had started with the next thing, right. too much too soon. You know, I love the dating analogy for marketing, right? You know, it's okay. You meet someone, you have coffee, maybe then you go to a movie, you know, you go to dinner or a movie and over time you might get married. But if you try to, you know, skip steps there, it's not going to work out very well. (laughs) Right, right. They're like, wait, and actually I I worked with someone who said she went out on one date and at the end of the date, and this was a date, an internet date that she met. So they got matched online. So they had, it wasn't even like they had mutual friends. I had like say, Hey, you must meet, you guys are destined to be together. It was like, okay. Like I saw your profile. You saw my profile. Let's go out to dinner. We have a couple of things in common. End of the dinner, this guy's like, we need to get married and have kids. And she was like, see ya. (laughs) They could have been a great match, but if you, you know, that's what people do wrong in marketing is that they're essentially saying, Hey, let's get married. And everybody's repulsed by it. Right. You have to have the strategy to to naturally and gradually go to the next step. And to the extent that you can create commitment in that process, you're better off, right? So our first job was relative, you know, was, was creating commitment, which is first show up, you know, sign up for sign up for the event. Second, show up to the event. Third, you know, pay us a reasonable small amount of money, which is like like a like hundred bucks a month. You know, so it's not too small. Right. But now that leads to the next step and the next step and the next step. Yeah. But it, it, it 100% mirrors human relations and how successful human relationships work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, we went out to a really nice dinner. What's next? <laughs> you know, as we're talking, the other thing that I wanted to just highlight is that I know a, I know a number of um, advisors and, you know, sometimes people are more generalist where they, you know, you know, they don't specialize as much, but then you have a number of people that are very much specialists. So for example, maybe they do, you know, what's called premium financing, or maybe they do, 
Um, I'm forgetting some of the names right now, but uh, you know, just just different, very specialized things, which typically it's very hard to get a cold prospect end user interested in because of the things that we're talking about, and there's not that trust building leading up to it. And so in those cases, you know, typically the recommendation is okay, build CPA relationships, you know, because then when they have the opportunity, they'll bring you in. And so just to highlight and add any thoughts that you have, it's just, I mean, if, you know, if I was offering a very specialized financial service and I knew that CPAs were the, the route to, you know, bringing me in for that when that need arose, I mean, I don't know of a better way to do that than to, you know, partner with you, create that reputation, create that education to not just a couple CPAs, but large number of CPAs. What would you add to that? Yeah, well, I mean, I so appreciate that endorsement, Paul. And what I would add to that is just it's there's a lot of there's a lot of voices out there in the marketplace and creating a program and a space where your, you know, your ideal clients. So in this case, CPAs can interact with you on a consistent basis and hear, get to know, like truly get to know you, get to know your company, get to know how you do business, get to know how you think about the problems they face and how you think about the problems you solve and just build that credibility and build that trust. Because I think, you know, we probably, we all have our, our favorite, you know, favorite radio hosts and our favorite, you know, commentators and our favorite, you know, editors. Right. And I think we want, we find voices we can trust because we can't possibly take in everything that's out there. And so I think that we get introduced to people and ideas that we gravitate to and we tend to seek out those voices and I think that's the key is developing a program and a space and a platform that someone can come to and they look forward to the next time you're back and they seek your voice out and they're going to make time in their schedule because they say hey like I learned something last time it can help me solve a problem I have for my clients and they want to keep coming back because they know it's someone they can trust with ideas they can trust and that just takes time yeah definitely definitely it's i think i think if we're to summarize this you know it's it's what's the long-term strategy how do you monetize it quickly but how do you do it in a way that's natural and leads to both the short-term and longer-term outcomes that you seek yes absolutely absolutely is there any um so for our listeners is there any final advice or any um anything that we didn't touch upon that you think is important or any final advice that you have when it comes to building successfully for a financial advisor those cpa relationships yeah i mean i think just in general this is a, a very um the market's changing so quickly and um something that you know is really relevant i think to you know this summer right summer 2020 is over the past few months we've all just lived through a very incredible shift in um, business there was still a lot of person-to-person referral-based network marketing that has been happening for years and for decades and that's been part of the relationships i think between financial advisors and accountants and other types of consultants and accountants and, and that's really the business community is built upon relationships and referrals. And what I've observed over the past few months is those relationships and the referrals have moved a lot online. And it's still sometimes, you know, everyone is different, but I think there's a lot more like virtual meetings. Um, But I think that 
there are companies and consultants and firms and advisors who are recognizing that the new kind of like nexus and the new brand is, it might not be that, you know, in-person monthly coffee meeting, but it might be now creating that platform online, whether it's their very own platform or whether it's partnering with someone who already has a platform and just building that space and building that content and creating those relationships online. I think that shift that we've really like lived through and observed over the past few months, I think it's going to permanently alter like the structure of how we get to know people and how we build relationships. I'm sure that we'll have a chance to go back to some of the in-person stuff. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, But I think that, I think that we're going to see a long-term shift in the structural way that we get to know people and build relationships. And I think that's, it's great overall because now we're no longer confined by geographical boundaries, right? Like I'm in the Midwest, you're out West and we have a chance to have this conversation and work together. Um, And I think we're going to see a lot more um, just geographic boundaries being broken down with, you know, what we're going to be, you know, calling the new normal probably for a while now. So, so I guess that's final advice. It's really just to, you know, maybe think beyond maybe that traditional, like, this is my territory, this is my space, and just think about maybe more of defining um, a niche or a specific vertical, maybe more based around um, something that you're like a, a specific area you're very passionate about, whether it's a certain investment strategy or whether it's life insurance or a certain solution, and maybe carve out the niche that way, rather than having to have a, a geographic niche. So that's, you know, from what I'm seeing with the clients that I work with and my own professional business relationships, I think that's, you know, my, my top of mind, um, observation that I'd like to share. Yeah. No, and, and, um, I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, in my case up until 2014, I had a completely local business. I did something differently and I never thought outside of my local geography, everything was very local. And then I shifted and created in 2015 an online business. And so, um, you know, for me, this is, you know, just, you know, par for the course, right? Since I've been doing it, I learned this back in 2015. And so it's interesting to me to see, you know, everyone almost being, you know, now being forced because of, you know, COVID-19 now being forced to make these adjustments. But what I learned in my journey and what I think you're saying and what others are going to learn is that while sometimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable to learn anything new because we're outside of our comfort zone, actually the benefits are that much greater. Because if you're really good at what you do, now you're not confined to your local geography. You know, exactly. if you want to be nationally known as the expert in you know, this service, or what I often recommend is if you want to be like the go-to person saying for a specific target market, such as attorneys, such as CPAs, such yeah. as engineers, there's literally nothing holding you back because now the end user is also now comfortable doing things virtually. That, you know, that was a limiting feature, right? It's like, I want to meet people virtually, but if my market is uncomfortable, then there's a breakdown. The fact is is that now everybody's been forced to become comfortable with Zoom and other technologies, which creates a massive opportunity for those that are willing to to, to seize it. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's really cool that, you know, it's, it's individuals like you who can say, Hey, I've been doing this for five years and it's all going to be okay. It's, it's going great. But now I'm hearing you say like you're thriving because you're comfortable in this space, but now all of a sudden 
the clients you work with and their clients are comfortable in this space. And then, so now it's like both parties are now signed up and on board. Yeah, no, it's created a boom for my business. I mean, I've never, you know, I mean, I've never had it so good because now (laughs) everyone's realizing what I realized five years ago. Yes. (laughs) You're like, I've been here waiting for you. Let me help. Pretty much, pretty much. Um, And we're going to have in the show notes, um, your contact information we'll ask is, is there, so for anyone that wants to A, learn more, you know, generally about you or B, wants to potentially reach out directly to you, what is the best process for them to do so? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, in Corsa.com is our website. Um, if you have CPA friends that you work with and you want to, uh, maybe win some points by pointing them in the direction of some great education, um, you can, um, encourage them to visit in and we would love that. Um, also we have a page, um, in Corsa.com present with us for mm-hmm. solutions providers who are interested in putting together, um, a program. Um, my email address is Liz at Incorsa.com and I'm on LinkedIn quite often. So I'd love to connect with anyone on LinkedIn as well. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Liz. This is, thank you. Um, I've, I've enjoyed this conversation and I hope their audience has gotten some good value from this conversation as well. Likewise. Thank you so much, Paul. I really enjoyed it. I appreciate you taking the time to host me and looking forward to the due diligence summit um, at the end of July. Absolutely. All right. Bye for now.